Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Catafamo with Believe in Angels on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? We are back, and by we, I mean Jim is back. Welcome back, Jim. Hey, I, I I thought I got lost in the uh, in the shuffle. I was I was kind of kind of concerned, and then I remembered that everybody you had on was better than I was. So it's all good. I, I would like to thank uh, Vlad Sedler for coming on uh, yesterday's show um, uh, and talking about fantasy. Yeah, sports. that was a fantastic show. Oh, he was great. He was so great to talk to, and also Ian Edward Nielsen uh, from the Incline Podcast. The, uh, that was the er- episode before, and then Bailey from Foolish Baseball. Uh, also, want to thank all three of those guys for coming on. Uh, but Jim, welcome back. We've got some stuff to talk about. I mentioned in the uh, the Vlad Sedler episode that you and I are going to start shifting into more. Um, uh, global sports because nothing's really going on right now in terms of baseball. So uh, we have a lot to talk about. There's been a decent amount going on outside of the MLB right now. Yeah, and it, right now times are crazy. So any news we get about anything is just much needed to, to just kind of keep our sanity and, and take our thoughts away from the absolute horrendousness that is going around right now with the COVID-19 virus. Let's start off with this. This has been a hot topic for at least, oh, God, at least the, the past six or seven months that isn't related to COVID-19. Uh, A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunnow, or I said that wrong, Lunnow, whatever the hell his name is, uh, he's, they will get credit for their one-year suspension even if the MLB season is canceled. Jim, what are your thoughts on that? It's not right. There was no season. How can they get credit for it? I, I have no idea. Uh, it, it's it is absolutely ridiculous. This was something that uh, I think uh, I, I was a guest on the Incline podcast. We talked about we're continuing our conversation with the best food re- sit down restaurants, and Ian, funny enough, mentioned that re- with the suspension, these you know AJ Hinch and again Jeff Lenau uh, should not you know, have their suspensions, what we're seeing now, credited. They should receive, that suspension should move over to next year. And, in fact, it shouldn't even count at all this year. I think it should start at the, at the beginning of season, uh, the beginning of the 2021 season and continue to 2022 as opposed to what we're seeing now, uh, which is them serving out their suspensions currently with no season going on. Yeah, you know, we, we've seen it before with other players testing positive for performance-enhancing drugs to where – They'll get a a fifty game season, and they'll get it right at the end, where they will then carry it over to the next season. So, why is there a different set of rules for players and uh, what what basically results to administrators in, in this case? It's, it's not right, and I don't know if this is Major League Baseball trying to I don't want to say sweep it under the rug, but trying to get it over with fast enough to be like, oh, well, you didn't see them, so here they are. Because the longer that plays out, the more of a distraction it is. I get why Major League Baseball is doing it, but it's it's not right. They should serve those those suspensions. And I just want to know how long until the, uh, the, the Reddit conspiracy theorists come out saying that Major League Baseball caused the virus in order to uh, <laughs> get, get the Astros back in. 
well, whatever it is that caused the virus, right now we're in this situation where uh, it seems like A.J. Hinch is going to have a really, really good possibility of managing next season. And in all honesty, Jeff Lunau, outside of, I guess, the cheating scandal, which may or may not have, he may, he may not even have known about it and was just suspended because he was, a, he was a, accredited with the team or attributed, whatever, attached to the team. Uh, another solid GM. He made some great moves. I mean, first and foremost, trading Josh Fields and getting Yonder Alonso, who's one of the best young power-hitting left fielders. That right there is a move that would make me consider bringing him in as, an, as a consultant at the very least and moving his way up to GM after a couple years and some things have died down. But what's really funny is this comes the same day that Evan Gaddis says that the Astros cheated in baseball and they cheated their fans and an apology isn't enough. It is so funny how that works sometimes. Yeah, it's it, it, when, I, when I saw Evan Gaddis come out, when I got that little ticker across my phone, basically criticizing it, my first thought was, well, cute how you're speaking up now, but you right. didn't do any of that while it was going on. Yes. That's a really good point. And also, he's talking about it now since he's retired. So he really has, you know, it's not going to affect him going to another team. It's not going to affect his PR stance in general. He's not playing baseball anymore. So he can kind of freak, uh, speak freely as much as he wants. Yeah, and I, I'm uh, I'm reading this here because uh, I was trying to look for, for other instances with the whole suspension thing, and uh, Major League Baseball also clarified th- this was uh, off. Uh, I can't. I can't tell what the website is, but um, the the Yankees, Domingo German, <clears throat> excuse me, his suspension is also not going to be carried over. He's supposed to start a sixty three game suspension, so his is also not going to carry over. So I will say at least they're doing it uniform uniformly. Is that a word? That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it so, makes sense. At least they're, they're they're kind of doing it for everyone, but I still think that that they shouldn't. I mean, games are not being played, so how can you serve suspension? I mean, we could talk to death about this, and it's true. It really does not make any sense that they're not having A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau carry out their suspensions, but... Uh, or excuse me, not carrying over their suspension. Same thing with Domingo Herman, who should also have to carry over suspension for, I believe it was P, uh, PEDs. But uh, like you said, Jim, you do make a good point, saying that at least it's uniform across the board that these guys are going to be serving their suspensions now, and they'll be available for teams next season, more specifically, of course, Domingo Herman for the Yankees. But uh, let me ask you this, Jim. If your team was struggling, like a team like the Orioles or the Mariners, I mean, oh yeah, the Mariners or the Marlins, A.J. Hinch, in all honesty, and Jeff Lenau is looking like a pretty good move for me. Oh, oh, a- absolutely. I mean, you you can argue lack of institutional control if you want, but it doesn't take away from the fact that A.J. Hinch is one hell of a ball coach. Yeah. That team does not get there, even with the cheating scandal, does not get there without him. And, and in a lot of ways, maybe even the cheating wasn't his fault. It could have been just something Alex Cora was was rolling with. Same thing with Alex Cora. Alex Cora is now also a, a – and Carlos Beltran. Both of those guys can also more than likely, if it's and it, it should remain uniform, that they will both be a, available next season for teams as well. Yeah, you know, with we've seen teams continuously throughout the steroid era and even post – that they'll get they'll get pop up with PED suspensions 
we've seen them come back and be hired by organizations in the past. So I really don't think anybody is doubting that these four individuals will be back in the sport of baseball somehow, some way in the next, even as early as this season or next season. We'll, we'll, we will definitely see them back. They're two valuable commodities. Yeah, they, they really are. And, and like I mentioned, you know, a team like the Marlins or a team like the Orioles, some of those sort of borderline, you know, borderline in terms of their rebuild of, of making a really good, you know, push for the playoffs or, uh, you know, a really good push in a positive direction for their for their uh, rebuilds could look at those two guys or even Alex Cora, well, maybe less of Alex Cora, but look at those two guys and go, you know, in all honesty, we could bring these guys in and they could really help. I mean, Lenau helped rebuild the Astros. AJ Hinch, while you know the cheating scandal was going on, and 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 we both mentioned it, where it's you know who knows how much involvement AJ Hinch really had in this. Uh, it could very much be one of those teams bringing those guys in, and it's just a a weirdly evolving situation. I'm not a big fan of allowing these guys to serve out their suspensions with no games going on, and I know that you feel the same, and I'm pretty sure mostly, if not every baseball fan who isn't an Astros fan, uh, it, it probably agrees the same way. So um, let's move on to this. Uh, the MLB is considering playing in front of no one to start off the season, and also MLB teams are open to starting the season in October if need be. What, what do you think about that, Jim? Do you think that let's start off with playing in front of nobody, something that we have seen before. Do you think it's going to hurt the MLB at all to just, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty stupid question, but uh, what do you think the ramifications of this might be? I think it's irrelevant because I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, if you look at just the essential personnel you need to put on a baseball game, right? you're already way over the amount that a lot of states are allowing people to gather. So even the talk, I know, I know uh, the NFL has also had conversations. Right. And, and everybody, and everybody is just moving forward with a plan that, it's going to be business as usual, and I don't think it's going to be. Even if you want to start the season in October, okay, I'll be a little more optimistic, but what are you going to do for starting the season in October? Is it just going to be immediately everybody's in the playoffs? I know they're talking about going through December, but you're going to lose out on spring training. It's logistically it's a nightmare and i just don't see how it gets done so uh this is an article i saw on bleacher report it is from joseph sucker so uh, i want to give joseph zucker his uh, credit on that um so here's what it says it says as a result and this is obviously as a result of the covid19 outbreak uh a the, the two parties would be willing to extend the regular season into october which would push the postseason into november and potentially december now, what this would more than likely do is uh, it would obviously shorten the season completely. So I'm assuming that we would then start maybe more May, June, or possibly even July. We are not going to be getting baseball games this month. I don't think that's at all going to happen. But if we push it towards May and maybe even more realistically June or July, that is July, August, September, October. That's three months of baseball and then playoffs in possibly November and December. I- I'm kind of okay with it. I, I think more sports, the better, especially since we've been deprived for so long. That will also push, it'll also bleed into the start of the NFL season and also possibly the continuation of the 2019-2020 NBA season. So we could be just flooded with uh, sports that usually don't play uh, alongside each other. And then also, what do we do about the off season? 
if we continue to play games into November and December, that's usually when we have our winter meetings, when we're having a lot of the off-season moves happening. Does the off-season get pushed to January or February? And then are we still continuing? Are we still going to have spring training in March? It's such a it's just such a weird situation. It just pushes everything forward and and really kind of force it really kind of rushes some things and also forces some quick start times. Yeah, I know Major League Baseball is hell bent on still getting, if not all, a lot of the games in. But you're looking at the majority of games being double headers. You are looking at a lot of different stuff. So you also have to look at the possibility of. If they do have a lot of it, which is what they're planning, a lot of these games being double headers, you you're worried about player safety. Right. You've got to have more than just the traditional one extra person up for the double header. You've got to expand the rosters more than what they already were expanded. You've got to do it significantly. I think, like like I said, it's a logistical nightmare to even think about. And if you're talking about Posts or, or, or the off season, the winter meetings and stuff. Yeah, are teams even going to be willing to talk in the middle of a playoff race? I mean, the biggest thing you want to do is as fast as possible move back to business as usual, which is what you got to do. I think that next season, you know, spring everything should still be going at the same time. Get back to business as usual, but it's it's this is. People want to argue it, but it's going to be a different world we live in, especially once this gets all over, because it's going to take a lot of readjustment. Well, you bring up a good point regarding uh, prospects. You know, this now pretty much makes it set in stone that we may not see Joe Adele this season, let alone some of the other prospects in the Angels minor league system and some of the other higher top prospects that we were supposed to see this year uh, with a shortened season pushed into the later half of the year. There's no way we're going to see them. I mean, it just doesn't make any well, sense. Well, not, not necessarily, because you could also look at that on the flip side of if they do have a lot of those double headers and they expand the rosters, you're going to have, or you're going to want some of your top stars up there because you're not going to want to have Mike Trout playing 17, 18 games a week. So, you know, just just stars like that are going to want to take a sit if they if they do double headers. You know, yeah. five days a week, you've got to get rest because you've got to maintain them. But that's a really quick way to rack up a lot of injuries in Major League Baseball. So I still <laughs> think that the, the, the prospects, at least as far as the top-end prospects go, I think this bodes, wet, uh, bodes better for them because you're looking at them probably bypassing what's left of their AAA career, in, in my opinion. So obviously, I mean, we'll just have to see what the situation ha- uh, has to offer us as it continues. Uh, hopefully, we just get baseball in general. I really don't even care at this point. But uh, you know, the MLB has has consistently been tinkering with the idea. Excuse me, of tinkering with the idea of making the game quicker and faster. And Justin Turner, third baseman for the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, suggested this idea when we head into extra innings. He says, instead of playing 17 innings, you get one extra inning. You play the 10th inning, and, and this is in quotes, if no one scores, then you go into a home run derby. You take each team's three best hitters, and you give them all five outs and see who hits the most home runs. That was from Justin Turner. Again, that was found on Bleacher Report. That is Tyler Conway. Uh, What do you think about that, Jim? I think it's dumb. 
to be quite <laughs> frank. I, I, I think you want to you want to take out the sport of baseball from the game of baseball. Yeah, that's kind of I the mean, fun of it is is those long extra inning games. And, and you know what? I'll get into this later because of another segment or another topic we're going to talk about, and right. you'll see why I feel the way I feel about this. Okay, well, uh, let's talk about this. Former Angel player Jim Edmonds has come down with COVID-19, so we're not going to comment on that, obviously, but we do wish Jim Edmonds a, a very speedy recovery. Jim, were you big a Jim Edmonds fan growing up? Uh, kind of. It was right on right on the brink of my time becoming an Angels fan, still growing up, and right around the time he was traded, so... Um, I yeah. know I, I respect his, his gameplay, and I'm, I'm happy he got a World Series ring in, uh, in St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember I, I, I was, I'm a little younger than Jim is, um, and I don't really remember Jim Edmonds as an angel as much. I do remember that fantastic catch he had out in center field like in 1990-something, but uh, I remember Jim Edmonds a little bit more as a St. Louis Cardinal like Jim does. But, um, uh, yeah, it's very unfortunate. We wish Jim Edmonds a very speedy recovery uh, and and. You know, everybody else here with COVID-19, just continue to take the proper precautions to reduce your risk of getting COVID-19. And we both hope that everybody is doing okay out there. On the more positive front, Griffin Canning has been cleared to begin throwing a guy that the Angels are hoping to have in their rotation this season. It is really nice to see Griffin Canning back and throwing. And hopefully, once the season starts, he can be added into that rotation. Yeah, that's a guy who really struggled last season from being called up too soon yes and i think that's where a lot of the problems came from is he was still learning how to pitch and he had to learn how to pitch at the major league level which just put a lot of strain on his arms so uh, great news seeing he's back and uh, this that's one thing these injured these injured players uh, i think that any shortening of the season or or the more the season gets prolonged the better it is for the angels because they're going to be getting a lot of their top pitchers back, including one Shohei Otani. Yes. Which, that's why it's going to be benefit the Angels more than any other team because they will be getting, you know, the ace of their staff back. It is quite unfortunate with Griffin Canning having to come up so early because, I mean, the starting pitching staff for the Angels was, was terrible last year. The bullpen was taxed because of it, and they had to pull up guys like Dylan Peters and Griffin Canning last year. But, uh, you know, you make a good point, Jim. Right now the, the rotation is... Kind of a, a little bit of a question mark. Obviously, Griffin Canning being cleared to throw. We'll see what he can do in his first full season with the Angels. Uh, and then we don't know what we're going to get with Shohei Otani. Hopefully, he'll be healthy as well. I still think the Angels need another ace. They need somebody else in that rotation. Dylan Bundy is not going to take you to the to the playoffs, let alone the World Series. Uh, but uh, it's good to see Griffin Canning getting back there. And we saw a little bit of Shohei Otani pitching off the mound uh, during spring. So some some good signs for the Angels. Yeah, and, and any like I said earlier, any positive that we can glean from from this disgustingness that's going on mm-hmm. in terms of this virus, I will take gladly. Uh, another thing that has been going on uh, during the virus is high school sports season, at least in the state of Arizona, and I'm pretty sure it's statewide and countrywide now. High school sports season is pretty much over. Um, it is quite disappointing. I myself do play-by-play for a local high school team, a local high school team out here, or a local high school out here where I live in Arizona. And uh, not only, obviously, I'm not the only one. It does suck as a play-by-play broadcaster to not 
uh, have that extra income and 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 continue to stay around sports. I, I love the repetition, and uh, it is a little tough not having it. But my whininess about it aside, I feel horrible for these kids whose senior seasons have just been ripped away from them because of this coronavirus. But it's an unfortunate um, it's an unfortunate happening because of what's going on. Yeah, and I don't really want to relate it to them, but I remember my senior year in high school, I uh, was, what's a polite way of saying kicked off the team? I was asked to not participate anymore in team activities, <laughs> and uh, for reasons I won't get into, but um, eh, I'll get into it, I don't care. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, was missing pra- I was missing practices because I was taking my dad to chemotherapy, and I was told that's not a good enough reason to miss practice. And I uh, not so politely disagreed and uh, was asked to not be on the team anymore, which I had no problem with at the time. So I I know I felt terrible at the fact that, you know, I grinded for three years, never sniffed varsity because I was not that good. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're day in and day out for three years. And then come my senior year, I I don't get to participate in what I've been looking forward to for my entire high school career. So, I mean, I feel for these kids on that level because I, I was there in terms of the sport I played. But this, something that's completely out of their control because they can still go. They're still ready to participate. They want to participate. It's it's terrible. I'm right there with you. I feel for them. Yeah, and, and also college season as well has been pretty much canceled as well. I mean, college basketball season is over. Um, college baseball season is going to be over, college softball season. And it's nice that these college players are going to get one more year of eligibility. I really like that that was determined that, you know, if you played baseball for a university and it was your senior year, you get that year still uh, to, to be able to finish out your final year at your university. But unfortunately for the high school, you don't really want a whole bunch of five fifth-year seniors running around playing baseball and softball or basketball or whatever. So it is unfortunate, and our hearts do go out to those who are listening and have kids or friends who are kind of struggling right now with not being able to play their senior season. But, uh, you know, just keep your heads up. And, and college is right around the corner, so hopefully uh, we'll be able to start college season soon. Um, there has been another thing that has been going on that I want to talk about. Uh, the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, have introduced a new logo. It has been a hot minute since Jim and I have talked. I talked to Ian about this when he was on the show. Jim, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the new Rams logo. I know you're not a Rams fan, but uh, I don't know. It just I was curious what you thought about it. Um, it, it's disgusting. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, who? I want to know how how that got. Like how that got approved, because you know that has to go through several different people. Yes. And how they looked at that and went, yeah, you know, it's a good idea. We should probably go with that. I mean, who was asking for a new logo just because they wanted to have L.A. in it? Okay, but if you just look at even fan art of of the logo, it looks better than this monstrosity we have. I mean, at least the Chargers learned from their mistake when they released that Oops, sorry, that wasn't an actual logo, even though it was completely <laughs> going to be their new logo. I don't care what anybody says. Right. I, I see the, the colors of why they did it with with the Rams and the Chargers sharing the same stadium. It makes it easier to change things over. I don't know if that's why they did it, but that's the only thing I could come to as to why the logo would look like a Donald Trump come over. 
Yeah, that's what I've heard too. I've seen on Twitter a Donald Trump haircut. I've seen the talk to the manager haircut as in regards to the uh, new Rams logo. Um, personally, I'm not a fan of the L.A. with the Ram horn going through it, but I, I've always really loved just the Ram logo. And Ian made a good point just saying that they should have just stuck with that. They should have just rebranded the, the Ram itself to match with the colors now and, um, and and just go from there instead of putting in the L.A. I have seen a few uh, T-shirts and stuff on you know uh, fanatics.com or, or uh, nflshop.com that do look okay with the new Ram, the new actual Ram, not the L.A. with the horn, but the, the actual Ram on the chest. I do really like that, but I, I really don't like this L.A. with the Ram thing over. I think it just looks tacky and dumb. I would never wear a T-shirt with it. I hope to God they don't put it on the helmets. And uh, I, I don't know. You, you make a good point. They really could have let the fans do it. Have a competition. Why can't we do that? Why can't we have a, the, a fan submission of what they think the logo should look like? It, it'd be really interesting, interesting to see what we get. Yeah, I never thought that uh, we'd see something worse than the logo they had through the 80s and the 90s of just the, just the ramp swirl that was it. It just kind of looked like you were being hypnotized from far away. Yeah. But I, I never thought we'd see a worse logo. I personally love the one they had in the they had in the seventies with just the Ram skull. Like I see that, and I'm like, okay, that's badass. I would wear that. I would wear that to support my team. I see this, and I'm like, ooh, do I want people to know I'm a fan of this team? Yeah, and and obviously there are there are options, and there's going to be variations, and it's not necessarily going to be their logo forever. Uh, I know the Niners tried to rebrand. Uh, in the 90s, and that was a horrible idea, and that got stopped immediately. So I'm pretty sure this may be a short-lived version of the logo that we maybe just talk about in about five to six years when we talk about horrible rebranding. But uh, for now, this is what we've got, and it's fine. Um, Jim, let's let's you know, go back. When the Chargers leaked, leaked that, that weird L.A. Thunderbolt logo, mm-hmm. and now this, I wonder if there's like they had some kind of like deal with with the city of Los Angeles in order to have this stadium built that they had to represent Los Angeles more in the teams. I, I, that's the only justification I could think of. Yeah, I don't know. I know that the Lakers obviously have uh, a, a version of the L.A. It's not necessarily the L.A. It's just the L uh, for Lakers, and then I know the Clippers uh, also more kind of. Uh, lean more towards the LAC, and then the Dodgers have the LA, and then the Angels have just the A, which is just represents the Angels. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Galaxy or, you know, the Los Angeles Galaxy are, are pretty much just rocking with the Galaxy logo, and then you've got the uh, the soccer, the other soccer team out there. I think it's just the LA fo- uh, Los Angeles Football Club or something like that. I'm not much of a soccer fan. I apologize. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it is a weird thing with the city of Los Angeles that you have to incorporate LA into your logo um, for just some weird reason. I mean, I guess, I guess unless you're the Angels, because that clearly doesn't fall into their uh, into their jurisdiction. You know, the, my my favorite logo I've seen of this of just a fan made one is it kind of takes the Dodgers L.A. and then you have the Ram head coming out of it. I actually just sent it to you if you take a look. It, 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 like that, when I see that, I go okay, okay, that's cool. That's my team. I want to represent that. Yeah. And it's still it, you still keep the the traditional little ram horn in there, and you get the L.A., it, but it doesn't look like I don't know like a 1960s Woody Woodpecker show. It just hmm. it, it 
looks nice as opposed to the one they have now, which honestly, it's just a joke. And you can see it's being taken as a joke by the rest of the league. Well, we'll see what happens with the Rams logo. If this is actually, in fact, the final version of that logo, I don't think it's going to be. Um, so I was going to transition to into angel stuff, but I forgot to mention um, I'm a 49ers fan, as I've mentioned a few times on this show. Um, a former 49er, actually a former first-round uh, draft pick from the 49ers, Alden Smith, uh, was recently signed to the Dallas Cowboys. He hasn't played in, what is it, two or three years. Last time we saw him was with the Raiders. Uh, this is an interesting signing for the Cowboys, but one that I believe could really have some upside if Alden Smith can stay out of trouble. <laughs> this is the most Dallas Cowboys signing that I've seen in a while. <laughs> it's 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 like they went, oh, well, we can't have that other guy that did the same stuff, so let's get this other guy that does the same stuff. It's it's insane. But like you said, still a fantastic football player. We'll see if he can get back to the form that he was because with Alvin Smith, it was never his on-the-field production. Dude was a monster. Just so happens he kind of thought he was a monster off the field too and that's where his troubles came from so uh, you know I hope he keeps his head straight and I hope that he can perform at the level that he used to yeah we'll see what happens with that one um and the Cowboys definitely need some defensive line help and I think Alden Smith like I said if he can stay out of trouble could be a really really good signing for them uh speaking of another guy that involves money uh Roberto Baldequin who is a former now a former angel uh was just released by the team does free up a lot of money, but uh, uh, I know somebody who isn't too happy about the signing in general, and I'm going to let him express his thoughts right now. Jim, what do you think about the release of Roberto Baldequin? Hi, that's me. I'm, I'm somebody. Um, <laughs> I, I'm happy he was released. I would have been happier if he was never signed in the first place. I, I, I will never forget the words from Jerry DePoto, who said, that he is not a raw talent. This is a guy who already looks like a Major League Baseball player. He barely got out of A-ball, and then when he got into double-A, was so bad, got sent back to A-ball, and then when he got back to A-ball, only batted about 183. I I hated the move at the time. I hate it more now because Vladimir Guerrero Jr. should have been an angel. Yeah, that would have been really dope had Vladdy Jr. followed in his father's footsteps and, and, and been with the Angels. Obviously, he wouldn't be wearing number 27, but, oh, my God, that would have been so cool. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah, and, and, and there, there's, there, there's people that say that the Angels never had a shot at Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but I, uh, I don't agree. I, I'm still angry at the fact I didn't like the, you know, I remember specifically when this happened, you went, I was actually with you. We were in uh, that one class we had together. I don't remember which, it, the, the speech class. Yeah. And they made the signing. And I remember just shaking my head saying, that is a terrible move because you, I, I have long since been under the guise of you do not sign prospects to giant money deals like that. We, we saw the, the Red Sox are still p- paying for, for Rusty Castile. Oof, that was another bad one. <laughs> I mean, Oof. It's, it, it, was, it was a bad move, and I, I, I'm just glad that another one of Jerry DePoto's failures are, is now gone from the team. So, Jim, uh, Albert Pujols, who is another guy that costs the Angels a lot of money but uh, is a little bit more productive than Roberto Baldequin, is going to be celebrating or – 
probably not going to be celebrating, or at least not right this second. His 19th season in the league, he has been on the Angels for a few years now, uh, continuing the rest of that humongous contract that he got. Uh, Jim, let's do this. What is your favorite Albert Pujols moment as a Los Angeles Angel? Okay, so this is the part of the show where we circle back to what I said earlier about how Justin Turner's comments were dumb. Of course. About wanting to go to a home run derby is it was August 10th, 2014. Albert Pujols came up to bat in the bottom of the 19th inning against the Boston Red Sox. Smacked a quote-unquote controversial home run because some people didn't think that he uh, hit the home run. I thought he hit the home run, but hmm. what do I know? My vantage point was only I was in the upper bleachers watching all 19 innings of that game, and I really wanted to go home, so I was happy <laughs> he ended it when he did. But you don't get that excitement in sports. And sure, a home run derby would generate a lot of excitement, but if you – if you look at the, 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 the players who talk about how their swing was jacked up from the home run derby, and now you want to expand that to every extra inning game in Major League Baseball, Justin Turner is dumb. Somebody please share this and tag him in it and let him know that some internet nobody said he was dumb. I'm sure he'll love that. But Albert Pujols, that night, I just remember sitting there and vividly thinking through being half asleep because it was about midnight, going, please hit this home run so I can go to McDonald's and get some chicken nuggets. And I'll tell you what, Phil, Yeah, I have to this day have not had a better batch of chicken nuggets after that home run. <laughs> um, also, for the record, I like Justin Turner and have no issues with him. Uh, so please, if you're listening, Justin Turner and also Tim Tebow from the episode before, uh, I love you and I have no issues with either of you. My favorite Albert Pujols moment is his 500th home run because I remember uh, you and I were working at that train wreck of a radio station back in our hometowns, uh, and um, I remember just the, the the buzz around the office was like, when is Pujols going to hit his 500th? He's at 498. When is he going to do it? When is he going to do it? And in very much Albert Pujols fashion, he hit 499 at in one at bat during uh, against the Nationals in 2014, and then his next time up crushes his 500th it is he's the first player to ever hit his 499th home run and 500th home run in one season it was so cool and then uh, a, a co-worker of ours got the bobblehead from that from the I think the game after the game after that whenever they introduced the 500th home run bobblehead it was cool to look at it was a really really sweet moment uh and uh something that I definitely will never forget Albert Pujols is such a phenomenal baseball player and it is going to be really really tough when he goes uh granted in terms of the baseball business mentality that I do carry sometimes, uh, I, I guess I can't wait for him to leave because then his contract will be off the books. But either way, Albert Pujols' time with the Angels, while it is filled with some down moments, they are filled with a lot of positive moments. And uh, I'm looking forward to what happens with Albert Pujols going forward for the remainder of his uh, his contract. Hey, you want to know what I remember from that home run? Was that? I remember because this th- that predates that other terrible radio station worked at with the terrible radio station we actually ran oh, yeah, at I the time that. at the college. I remember we had just finished up a show, and Albert Pujols hit a home run, and that was four ninety nine. And I said, "Cool, okay." So I start walking to the bus because I was still on a cane and riding the bus to and from work. And our broadcast colleague Orlando says hey, wouldn't it be cool if he hit the 500th home run in, in this game? 
And I turned to him and I said, he won't. And if he does, I will be very upset at you because that means I am not home yet to see it because I was on the bus. And this is this is during the blackout with MLB TV and and watching games was a nightmare. And And I remember specifically walking. I was about five minutes from home as I'm well, not walking, but gimping with my cane, almost getting home. And I get the update. Albert Pujols back second home run of the game, his 500th home run. And I was livid because I did not get to see that live. Yeah, uh, I, I vaguely actually remember you talking about that the night, the, the day after or uh, or the week. I don't remember what day it was, but um, uh, it, I do remember that you, you being very upset at Orlando and just being upset in general because you were on the bus uh, while the game was going on, you couldn't watch it. But well, I think I blame most of my problems on Orlando. Shout out Orlando, by the way, everybody. None of you know him, but uh, we're friends with him, and he's fine. Uh, Jim, I, yeah, I'm gonna... he, he he will probably never get to this part of the podcast because he doesn't finish things. He probably would have fallen asleep by now. But anyway, Jim, uh, I've got one more question before we wrap up the show, uh, and it is this: Honestly, do you think we're going to get sports this year? I don't know, man. It's I, I, like as we're doing the show, I just got a, an update that Riverside County, which is where I live, uh, actually closed all golf courses through June, uh, oh. June nineteenth. So there, it's it's going to be rough, man. I I do not think we will get a a football season this year. If we get baseball, it'll have to be pushed off way way to the end. And yeah. uh, honestly, I. I I hope we do. I hope we do. I'm, I'm a huge sports fan. I want to see sports. Most importantly, I have a concert I'm going to in October, and if it gets canceled, I might murder somebody. But most importantly is I love sports. I want to see it. And I, I'm, I'm just not really optimistic right now because as much as I love when I want to see sports, I want to see people – I want to stop waking up to headlines of 800 people die. Like I did this morning, that another 800 people in the United States died. I'm tired of seeing that. So if if the lone thing that we have to suffer through is no sports for the year, I think that that is a very, very low sacrifice for us to make. And I I, I want people to recover. I want people to get better. Um, I mean, uh, damn, our our thoughts and our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody. Our, Our blessings. To all the first responders out there working, all the badass nurses that are, are fighting this thing on the mm-hmm. front lines, all the doctors that are kicking its ass, um, all, all, all our all our thoughts and, and our best wishes are with you guys to the people suffering through it. And like I said, if, if the one offshoot of that is I don't get sports for the year, I think that that is a very low price to pay. Um, I'm also in the same boat. This is such a weird. Um this is such a weird sort of situation that's been going on. I work in the news department at my radio state at the radio station I work for. And, uh, every day we just get new and new reports of new deaths in the state, new cases popping up in, in certain counties and certain areas. Um, there is a glimmer. Uh, there's a small glimmer of hope. Uh, the testing has gotten better. We're getting results back quicker, which is really nice. Uh, maybe not as quickly as everybody wants them to get back, but we are getting results back quickly, which is very, very nice. It should help, with sort of identifying, you know, what what areas are at higher risk, and, and we can start to make the the proper changes. Um, I, I cannot imagine being a nurse right now or a doctor in this situation. And I think Jim, you put it very beautifully. We will forever be grateful to anybody who is listening that is a first responder, 
whether that's police or fire or medical, whatever it is, uh, and as, and as, uh, along with grocery store people who or grocery store employees, excuse me, that are working hours to make sure that shelves are stocked for all those idiots that want to buy 50 quantities of toilet paper and, and all of the canned food and all of the medical supplies, uh, the, the grocery store workers, the other essential workers that are continuing to service us. Um, I, I, I thank them. Um, uh, Jim, I know you're an essential worker working as a security guard. I'm technically an essential worker. Granted, I don't really put myself in the essential worker category. I spilled mustard on my shirt today. That was the worst thing that, that happened. But uh, uh, really, um, everybody, this, it is more important now than ever to seriously consider the people around you. Um, we are very selfish as people. We kind of tend to just gravitate towards our inner circle, and that's all we're really ever concerned about. But, uh, you know, every day we, we interact with people that we don't even know, and we don't know what our actions do to them or do for them. And I would hate to accidentally give somebody the coronavirus because I don't know that I have it uh, because I don't show any symptoms of it. So seriously, uh, take into consideration the people you see on a daily basis and the people you see out on the streets. You have no idea what their situation is at home. Uh, you have no idea what's going on with them medically. Please wash your hands. Stay away from people. Keep your contact to just you. Uh, we can really severely flatten this curve if we just take the precautions that the CDC is implementing and just practice social distancing. I mean, it's it's really not hard. You can put up with it for a month. There are people dying right now because of this disease, and I know that I can deal with not going into a large populated area and staying in my home for 30 days if that means that my grandpa and my mom and my dad and my sisters will be able to see another day because I didn't give them the coronavirus. And uh, with that, on that kind of uh, a depressing note, uh, stay safe, everyone. Uh, really, take care of yourselves. Take care of the ones that you love. And we have a lot of great shows on this network. We just introduced a Padres show. If you're a Heath Bell fan or you're a Padres fan, we've got a bunch of great shows on this network that you can check out. Jim, what is your social media? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Sir James Radio. Uh, you can find me at intern underscore Phil. We're going to continue uh, our – I'm going to keep saying it until somebody actually does it. If myself – and Jim have not interacted with you previously on social media or we don't know you personally, if you tweet one of us a question, I promise I'll send you something Angels-related. Again, it's not going to be a Mike Trout jersey, but it is going to be something cool. Maybe I'll wait till this is slowed down a little bit, but um, I will send you a really, really cool Angels thing as a thank you. We'd love to get a fan question segment going. Uh, and if somebody tweets at us, get that started, and we can hopefully introduce that into the show. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Uh, you can rate the show on iTunes. Uh, again, uh, the social media is for the actual network, at Believe Podcasts, at Believe Sports. There's a few other subcategories on Instagram. Go check those out. Um, again, if you're in interested in advertising the show, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Jim, we'll talk to these people next time. Stay the hell inside, people. Stay the hell inside and take it easy, everyone. Uh, we can just do our part and, and flatten the curve. And with that, we'll talk to you again next week. Have a great rest of your week, and please stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.